0: Hello, hello and welcome to another two-network match report with me, Adam. I've just gone in from the game. As you can tell, my voice is hoarse. Today, we played Everton and lost 1-0 at St James's Park once again. Um, I think it's the worst run since the start of November across the top five leagues in Europe. It's a pretty terrible state of affairs. Earlier today, we had great news or certainly great potential news about a fee being agreed for the, the sale of Newcastle United by Mark Ashley to Amanda Staveley and PCP partners. Talk of a investment by the Saudi royal family, for example, but certainly once the kickoff at Everton was, was underway, all minds in the stadium were focused on nothing but three points, three valuable points we didn't get them, and I've just had a look on Twitter and everyone's, not everyone, there's a lot of people sounding off about this and that, a lot of people obviously very upset, animated, trying to point blame, trying to understand why we are where we are, whose fault is it? I guess the easy answer, the short answer is Mike Ashley. And that's without irony. That's, without, that's with full sincerity. Mike Ashley is the reason, the sole reason, we are where we are. And the very fact that he has people online essentially blaming the best manager we've, we've had under Mike Ashley because, oh, well, he's picked the Army and he's not p- picked him and, oh, I don't like Manquio at left back and, you know, I, I don't agree with every selection decision that Rafa Benitez makes. I don't. I, did, I, I didn't agree with him persisting with Hostelou for so long in that run where he didn't score. I don't agree with any team that Army plays in. However, I know that picking or not picking Diarmi in the big scale of things is not the reason we're in free fall towards the relegation zone. It's the fact that our squad is ultimately still a championship squad. Our squad is lacking in investment. Rafa Benitez was screwed over by Mike Ashley back in January and again in summer. Did Rafa Benitez want to buy 4.5 million Pound Manquillo and 5 million Pound Hosolu? No chance. Were they on his shortlist? No chance. Would he have been top three transfer targets? Not, of course not. So w- would he want to be starting a player like Army? Probably not. And, I, I, and as much as I don't agree with Army being picked, I understand why he put him in there. Because Everton were going to pack the midfield and Army for all his faults, and he has many, he's a lump, he's physical, and he he gets in the way. I don't rate him as a footballer, certainly not at Premier League level. I don't think he's particularly good at passing. He's not very good at running. (laughs) He doesn't score, he doesn't assist. He does very little in that respect. And, but at the same time, these are minor factors that Benitez is trying to play around with. These are tiny, in the, in the big scale of where we're at as a football club. You don't just undo years of underinvestment and neglect by an owner that quite simply doesn't give a shit. And he hasn't done, he didn't, he didn't care enough in summer to back Rafa Benitez. Every player that Rafa Benitez has signed hasn't been a success, no but the players that he did sign won in the league. Literally the most he could have achieved last last year was winning the league and he did it. So let's trust him because he's an elite manager. He has won major titles. So the reason, you know, You pay peanuts, you get monkeys, basically. And our squad is a championship squad. However, despite the fact that we went in a half-time 1-0 down, I largely couldn't fault the first-half performance there. We hit the post twice, two amazing efforts by first Richie and then Marino. We troubled them. Jordan Pickford was nervous and wildly trying to kick out to clear it. We had them on the back foot, they were panicking. But I think they were always set up to not concede. I think their goal was very fortuitous. Again, it comes from a defensive error. It's not helpful to point individuals out. However, it needs to be highlighted the fact that Darlow was taken the place off Elliot. That's another contentious decision and after the Mahrez goal, which I thought just went straight through his hands, he's, he, he's, he's given away such a weak goal from, that, from, from what was a very weak header by, I believe, Aaron Lennon. And Rooney's pounced, and it's a tap-in. From that distance, for that power, you catch it, or you knock it out to the side, preferably for a goal, uh, corner kick. But that, 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 that one attack that they had in the first half... It's cost us three, it's cost us the game. Because I mean, the, the whole thing smacks of the Bournemouth game again. Really good first half, you know, peppered the goal, lots of chances created, tails are up, momentum's on, crowds loud, and we couldn't find the net. And ultimately, by the time the second half came around, Allardyces looked to shut up shop. Eventually brought on Jagielka for a five-man defence. But we lost our confidence and we couldn't repeat what we did in the first half. And that was the same story for Bournemouth. We couldn't repeat that first half. We started really well at Stamford Bridge and Old Trafford in the first half. Yet we just fell away in the second half. So there's a mentality issue there. Is that Rafa Benitez's fault? Possibly, in if you look at it isolated in the bubble of the last two months, month and a half. But the reason that you know the the reason that we're underperforming is that we have a lack of talent. We have a lack of squad depth, which means when players aren't potentially performing to the best, we've got very little options for to, to bring people in. I, 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 and it, it, it seems to me like some people don't understand how simple that is. You know, Lejeune and Clark together had a few shaky, very a few shaky games. I thought Clark's position, Clark's positioning has been really poor the last few games, and I think he was right to be dropped. But people before the game saying Lejeune should have been dropped, which I massively disagree with. Again, he wasn't fault; he hasn't been faultless but he's definitely the better performer. You look at Yedlin, who had a few games and was terrible, but I think he got dropped for one game. But I think he's such, such is, the, the, is, is danger going forward, and the lack of real competition, despite the fact we have Mbemba, who Rafa doesn't pick because of communication. He's got James, who he just doesn't fancy. But, but is he just not up to the, the pace? Is he too old? I don't know. We lack balance on the left-hand side. Mankio, he's not, <clears throat> he's not my favourite player by any means. I think he's beaten too easily. But we've got very few options when dummett Dumont has been injured since the first game of the season. We've lacked, we haven't got another left-back to come in. So these things, these things matter. We haven't really got a true defensive midfielder in, this, in, in January, which I think we tried to buy... James McCarthy from Everton because they have like 20 centre midfielders. In the summer, we were linked with the the Samaris guy, the Greek guy. So it's not like (laughs) it's not like Rafa Benitez has just thought, oh yeah, we'll, we'll just take what we've got. If he had the money to spend, he would have invested it wisely on the positions that he knows that we're weak in. And this is why we don't know who our best striker is. Gail's gone on a great run the last few, last few games, but he's, he, he's kind of bullied tonight. He didn't really get much of a, didn't really get a sniff. Hasseluu came on and won a couple of headers, but we, 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 we're talking, we're, we're talking about very low quality. And it, 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 Rafa called this in summer. He called it. And because we went on a few runs of wins early on, the, that seemed to mask over the, you know, paper over the cracks. That seemed to mask over actually what what the crisis was. He overachieved, in that respect. So, I can't I can't, I can't abide. I, look, Rafa Benitez is not blameless. He's not. However, the very fact that people can't see the bigger picture and the bigger reason why we're in this situation. Is, is, is baffling, he's staring you in the face, he's realised, and that's why he's selling. Except as the final insult, he sold as, he decided he wanted to sell after he'd fucked up the transfer window in summer, after he didn't back Rafa Benitez. And now Rafa Benitez is having to go out in the Premier League, and even teams that we think we should be beating like Watford, Burnley, Bournemouth, they've at least had a couple of years in the Premier League where they've invested, where they've built up their squad over a number of transfer windows. Even two years in the Premier League gives you four transfer windows to add strength and buy in Premier League quality players. We haven't done that. We bought a reserve striker from Stoke who wasn't getting his game. That was the answer to our goal scoring problem. What did we think was gonna happen? And getting back to the game, I just we, we lost confidence in the second half. And we just, we allowed them, you know, they, we were just we were toothless up front. And this is what happens when you pack them in field and you, you know, Diomi got his body in the way a couple of times, but we just weren't, I don't think we were sure about what we were doing. To be honest, the three subs, none of them made an impact whatsoever. I'd forgotten Aaron's and Housley would even come on. After they've been on for about five, ten minutes, Perez didn't see him again, didn't see him at all. But who? What, what else has he got? He obviously tactically does not trust Mitrovic. I, I, I like Mitrovic, I like him, but again, I understand why he's not getting his game. To an extent, I do understand, and maybe Mitrovic comes on and gets us a header, but. Maybe he doesn't as well, it's so difficult, but you've got to look at the bigger picture. I thought tonight's game, looking at the Shelby red card, I thought that the first tackle was not a booking and I thought that the second one, I thought that the second one was, it was right next to me, it was Rash, yeah, that was, it's really difficult because you add up those two tackles, those two yellow card tackles, and that's, it doesn't equal a red card, it, it doesn't, combined, the first one he won, the ball, and it was his first, it was his first foul, and without hesitation, Mark Atkinson, yellow card, it, it was given on reputation alone, and nothing else. In comparison, you look at Wayne Rooney, who persistently fouled. He had a few, but not, he had a few fouls, but added up, that's persistent fouling. And the referee, if he doesn't, even, even if he doesn't brandish a yellow card, he needs to speak to him to say one more or, but he, but he didn't, he, he tolerated Rooney's persistent fouling when Rooney got substituted off it was a farce it was he was it was it was basically he was he was taking the piss he was, he was making fools of everybody in that stadium including the referee and the referee allowed it the most that referee showed Rooney in terms of a threat was this i'm 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 going to I'm going to pause the time if you don't hurry up where's where's why is he not being reprimanded If he can show Shelby a yellow, straight yellow card for the first foul that he makes, in fact, the first tackle that he makes, and it's not even a, he wins the ball. If he thinks it's a foul, fair enough, but it's not a yellow card. It's just not. He's given Shelby a yellow card off reputation. However, with Rooney persistently fouls, it's just banter. It's Rooney. Referee was having a good laugh. Absolute joke. Uh, I think it's things like that where the officials almost almost protected Everton in many situations, and basically boy, Tom Davies, I think he's a great player, but there was he he basically t- took a dive into Yedlin, and it was a free kick. The referee bought it, and he stayed down, and he, oh, and he's injured. But then he took, then he's up preparing to take the free kick. It's a, it was a joke, absolutely farce. And the referee, as much as I thought, despite, um, as much as I thought he got all the big decisions right, apart from the red card, I don't agree with the red card. You might disagree with me, but that, those two tackles did not equal a red card. No chance, no chance. But I think this, th- Martin Atkinson's demeanour throughout the game was poor. I thought it was quite appalling. He got in the way of Marino, he laughed. Um, he got in the way of a ball from, from Marino, trying to pass it, but it hit, it hit Martin Anson. We're losing, he's, just, he's running along laughing because he thinks it's hilarious. It's not funny. It, 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 really, it might be funny to Everton fans, fair play, but it's not funny in that situation. It's not appropriate to laugh at the fact that he stopped us getting because he's in the way because he hasn't read the game well enough. That's, that's so poor, that is so poor. And I, 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 I was absolutely hoarse at the end because I, I could not abide the fact that Atkinson didn't speak to Chevy once, it was just two yellow cards brandished on reputation. And I'm repeating myself, but I'm, I'm absolutely furious. Look, I, I, went into, I went into the game tonight thinking, after this takeover news, nothing was gonna ruin my mood. Yet, reality bites when you're at when St James's Park watching the football because all you're thinking about is the game and it's a, it's another defeat and, I, and I, I said it in the last video I don't know I don't know where our next win's coming from we've got Arsenal away West Ham away is a, it's a massive it's a crucial six pointer but I don't fancy us to win that game we've got Man City as well that's going to we're going to get absolutely terrorised. You know, where where are we going to get these points from? We can't just rely on scraping it into January because guess what? Even if we do invest in January, we're going to have to be playing games before any of these players come in, more than likely, unless we've got them lined up now, which (laughs) I wouldn't trust at all. So what do we do? We've got to get it together somehow, but... But, but, Rafa Benitez is the man to do it. I fully back him, I fully back him. Anyone thinking that we'd be better off without Rafa Benitez. (sighs) Look, the run of form is tough and people are questioning, well, we didn't question, you know, we we, we questioned Pardew and McLaren if we go on a run like this. And yeah, we did and rightly so, but guess what? Rafa Benitez didn't get 80 million to spend last summer. And guess what? When Rafa Benitez changes things, there's a bloody reason behind every meticulous decision that he makes. And that's why he deserves respect. He's meticulous, attention to detail. Managers like McLaren and Pardew, aren't aren't tactically intellectual. They just roll the dice and hope it works. And with Pardew, well, you, we all know what happened with Pardew. He'd go on a run of five games unbeaten. It'd be amazing, he'd suddenly be like, but we all knew what would happen. As Soon as we lost one, we'd go on another run again. And we knew that there'd be no logic behind any changes that he makes about f- formation, about team selection. Whereas at least with Rafa, you know he's had a thing about it. You know he's been on the training ground and you know that he spend, he'll he be up all night thinking about how he can find those little wins that will give us the edge in a game to try and win it. That's the difference between Rafa Benitez and the likes of Pardew and McLaren. And if you can't see the difference between that, I can't help you. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know what to say. If you think we'll be better off without Rafa Benitez, Christ, like you haven't been paying attention. And you're not aware of the bigger picture at Newcastle United. He's not blameless, but bloody hell, it's really not his fault where we are. He's overachieving with a championship squad at the minute. I trust him to turn it round. I think it's important to look at the performances at Leicester, despite losing. The performance in the first half at Manchester United, despite losing. The performance away to West Brom, fight back and even the performance in the first half tonight at Everton we don't look like a team that's crumbling and capitulated we do in the second half of most games granted but there is a team spirit there and I thought I was pleased to see Lascelles back I was pleased to see Marino and Shelby together because they played really well against Liverpool when they started together however it leaves us exposed, but I thought <laughs> it's daft because in the first half, Everton didn't offer anything. If we played like we did in the first half, again in the second half, I'd take that all day despite being 1-0 down because they scored from that only attack and it was a defensive mistake. If we went in the second half thinking, we're gonna get a few shots at goal, a couple might hit the woodwork or get close and they might, they're gonna have only one shot at goal, you'd take, you'd take it all day. So amazingly, yes, there are positives to take from such a terrible run. And believe me, I'm I'm, I'm not enjoying this and I'm not just trying to find positives where I can or just being blindly deluded and optimistic, but sometimes you've just got to look at it and be logical and know that we've got a talented manager at the helm and that it won't always be this bad. It won't, it could be a lot worse. Look down the road at Sunderland, like at least we have this hope of a takeover that could be the start of something absolutely incredible that I think all of us really deserve given what we've gone through the last 10 years. None of us have deserved it, but now we might get our reward because some people with money who want to get into the Premier League game can see the potential in this club. And I love this, absolutely love this club. And it's not right. I, things like people cheering Diarme off, I thought was embarrassing. And regardless of what you think of him, personally, as I said, I don't think he should have been in the team. I don't think he added much. But I don't think he was the worst player on our team tonight. However. He gets cheered off, and what does that do for mentality? That's not just going to affect Diarmi. That's going to affect the rest of the team. They're cheering. Diarmi got a bigger cheer, walking off, getting subbed off, than Aaron's got coming on. That, uh, that's not right. People, some people took Joy in it tonight, and you know, if you want to find Joy in that, that's your prerogative. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna judge you, but personally I did not I w I didn't I didn't cheer the army going off. If he's had a bad game, if we've had a if we're playing poorly, if people didn't agree with the selection, that, that that's fair enough. But I thought a, a big collector it was like half a stadium cheered him going off. I, I don't know. That's it's it's not conducive to a very good team spirit. And I was a little bit embarrassed about that, but that's just me. You might completely disagree with me and criticise me for saying that, but, you know, fans have the right to... to paying fans have the right to say and do what um, offer their opinion. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to patronise anyone and say how you should think because that's your decision to make. Likewise with what you think about Rafa Benitez right now. But what I am saying is if you are even... If, you, if you've got anger towards Rafa Benitez and his, these, these decisions that he's making, and let's be honest, he hasn't got, there are not many other options he could, he could take. Then <clears throat> you, you, you're, you're missing, you're missing the, the, the major reason. And I'll give you a clue. He's massive. He doesn't care. He's from the south. And he went off to America this week while Rafa Benitez is stuck wondering how much he's got to spend in January because guess what? He wants to do some work. He wants to look ahead. He wants to try and fix things. And at the, at the minute, money. Money's the, only, money's the only thing that's gonna fix a situation right now. And we're gonna have to throw a hell of a lot at it because of the lack of investment that we've experienced over the last few years. That's the reason we are where we are. We have squad depth, we have fatigue and injuries that we can't rectify, fix and we can't replace players because we have nobody of a a reasonable quality to even come in. Yes, you could argue Mbemba and you could argue that Mitrovic have quality but yes, I trust that Rafa Benitez sees that they can't do a job and know that Mbemba doesn't speak English and Rafa finds it really, really difficult to communicate instructions to him, especially in the throes of a match where he just needs to fire out a quick, if, if Mbemba hasn't learned English yet, and he's been here for two years, if Mbemba hasn't learned English yet, and he can't receive the, the information that he needs to, to, he needs information within a second to turn his man off, you know, then that's a problem. And I can understand Rafa Bennett is leaving him out, even though I feel he's one of our best defenders, on his day, he really is. But it's technically, it's and Mitrovic, can he trust him? I, I, I guarantee, even though the shell, say the Shelby sending off today shouldn't have been a sending off, Rafa Benitez will probably drop him for a good few games now because of that, because he thinks he can't trust him and maybe he can't. I don't know. I'm really annoyed. I'm really hoarse. Um, it's kind of ruined the takeover news for me. Um, when we get a bit more details on that, maybe I'll... I'll put up another video and we'll chat about that and hopefully it'll be a lot more optimistic than tonight has been. I feel you need to hear the anger and if you can hear that tapping, it's me bloody cat just going mental. So apologies if uh, that's (laughs) annoying, uh, if that's interfered with your audio. Anyway, thank you so much for watching. Once again, please get your comments in below on YouTube. It uh, uh, really means a lot uh, when I get feedback, even if it's you know, I like to hear constructive feedback as well, but it's great to hear um, people saying some nice things as well. Um, I love doing these videos for you. I'll continue to do them as long as people are watching them. We'll also be on iTunes and SoundCloud um, for the audio version of this podcast. And of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter as well, so check us out on that. Thanks very much for watching. It's another defeat for Newcastle United. Where's the next win coming from? Let's hope January can help change our fortunes. The takeover could be the saviour. Amanda Stavely, I think it's time to uh, <laughs> it's time to come on board. I've been Adam of the Toon Network. Thanks very much. See you later. Take care. Bye-bye.